Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Juan Soto will not be traded by the Nationals before this trade deadline. Jameis Winston is being disrespected. And the impending suspension for Deshaun Watson will be much lighter than initially thought. I'm Kainani Stevens in for Peter Bukowski. All-Star Week is here, and Juan Soto has been the talk of the town. He won the Home Run Derby, and of course, he made headlines last week, so we have to check in with Lock on, Locked On Nationals host Josh Neighbors because not good news for your team because they made a historic offer, but Soto didn't want to take it. So kind of your immediate reaction when that came down when you saw the exact numbers and, and, and the outcome that you heard. Yeah, so it's always been my belief it's going to end up between 450 and 500, and so um, you know, 14 years uh, heading towards that $450 million number, not quite there. The, the big problem is the average annual value. For the, it's, it's not going to be top 20. And that's really what Scott Boris and uh, I guess by extension, Juan Soto are looking for here. So there's been talk about, you know, them entertaining trades. And I guess that is what's going to happen now. But I, I don't think the Nats have had their last say yet. I have a tough time believing that 14 for 440 is going to be their last offer. Interesting. So uh, in your mind, is this something where he would want more money in less years, ideally, like an ideal situation for him? Yeah. So they, they batted around the Scherzer number. So Max Scherzer got 43 for 43 a year for three years. And, you know, according to John Heyman, like that's something that Scott Boris brought up and Mike Rizzo, the Nats GM responded and said, okay, we'll get, we'll give him that deal. Like if you want to do that deal yeah. and my, and Scott Boris response was, well, we want that for like 14 to 15 years. Look, Nobody's yeah. going to invest $600 million in one baseball player. It's just, that's a, that's a bridge too far in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, I, and I've been talking to people, you know, that just floating the idea like 10 for 400, I think is fair. Right. That would allow him to get a, a full decade contract of $40 million a year. And then he'd still be, a, you know, he'd still be able to get another contract after that. So I think that's a deal that makes a lot of sense. Anything really far above that, you might actually have to trade them if somebody's willing to do that. Just because, like, baseball is a team sport. You know, it's a lot of these teams don't win. The Angels aren't winning because they're paying Mike Trout a ton of money, and so yeah. um, the Nationals' farm system is not very good. And I think they might actually be better off if it's that big of a contract. Maybe getting a lot more really good players in return as opposed to paying one guy, you know, approaching $600 million. It's just such dumb numbers when you think yes. about it in that regard, right? It's so high. It's like hard to comprehend. Um, right. is, is it your estimation? I mean, obviously you said you think the Nationals might still make another offer and kind of go at it again. Is he really just going to the highest bidder at this point or, or is he looking for a certain situation? He's so young. Well, the, the one wrinkle in this that people aren't talking about is the Nationals are up for sale. And Juan Soto has mentioned a lot, like wanting to know what the new ownership group would bring to the table. And so that's one part of this that I don't understand is why would they, you know, if you're selling a franchise, like this is their best asset. So I don't know from a financial standpoint, why, you know, why the old regime would be the ones making the call on whether or not Juan Soto should be sold. And look, I don't see the team being sold, you know, in the next 13 days. Mm -hmm. So as much as people like Buster only are pushing the idea that execs out there think he'll be traded and uh, the Washington nationals are going to entertain offers. It wouldn't make sense to me that this group, if they have a desire to sell 
are going to be the ones to make the call on the asset that will shape the future of the franchise. Either you invest, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in him, or he nets a return that is going to help you start your rebuild in your future. That shouldn't be an old ownership call. And Juan Soto has expressed interest saying, I want to know who the new ownership is. So that's why I don't see them making the move before the deadline. Josh will be all over the Nationals trade deadline moves. You can find Locked On Nationals wherever you get your podcasts from, including Odyssey. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, why Jameis Winston is being disrespected. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Our friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Stop drooling. Listen on. They are good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, but they still taste delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a very limited time. So you want to go to built.com to make sure that you don't miss out. They are going very fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good, but it's also good for you. The best part about built puffs is of course they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They are the perfect treat. Perfect when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy that sweet tooth of yours, or if you just need a quick, healthy snack on the go, they are an excellent source of protein. Delicious, coconut-rich, sweet, brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. It gets you 15% off of your order. Just use that promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The American League won their ninth straight All-Star Game on Tuesday night. They beat the National League 3-2 behind stellar pitching and a three-run fourth inning punctuated by back-to-back home runs from Yankee slugger Giancarlo Stanton and Twins outfielder Byron Buxton. Stanton won the All-Star Game MVP. After the National League scored twice in the first inning, they amassed a total of just one hit the rest of the way. Cleveland Guardians closer Emmanuel Classe struck out the three NL batters he faced in the ninth for the save. The NL got their two runs in the first from an RBI single by the Dodgers outfielder Mookie Betts, and then a solo home run by Cardinals first baseman Paul Goldschmidt after the bases were cleared by a double play. The Hornets restricted free agent Miles Bridges is facing three felony domestic violence charges after being accused of assaulting his girlfriend in front of their two children last month. The Los Angeles County District Attorney released that information on Tuesday. The DA filed one felony count of injuring a child's parent and two felony counts of child abuse under circumstances or conditions likely to cause great bodily injury or death. According to the DA's release, the case includes an allegation of causing great bodily injury on the domestic violence victim. Bridges is scheduled to be arraigned on Wednesday in Los Angeles County Superior Court. 
DeAndre Ayton says he gained generational wealth that can help his family and many others after signing a four-year, $133 million maximum contract extension to return to the Phoenix Suns on Monday. Phoenix Suns general manager James Jones said he told Ayton through the entire free agency process that they plan to re-sign him, including during a video conference on July 1st. The Suns could have offered Ayton a five-year deal paying $179.6 million on July 1st, but they did not. Instead, the anxious restricted free agent signed the four-year $133 million max offer sheet with the Pacers on July 12th. The Suns had until 11.59 Eastern on July 14th to match the largest offer sheet in the NBA's history, but they ended up matching it as soon as they received it. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred said the Oakland Athletics need to quickly reach a binding agreement for a new ballpark and that relocation could be considered if a deal isn't struck for facility in the Bay Area. The A's have played at the Coliseum since 1968 and their lease expires after the 2024 season. Oakland Mayor Libby Shaved is pushing for approval of a waterfront ballpark at Howard Terminal that would cost more than $1 billion. The San Francisco Bay Conservation and Development Commission voted last month to reclassify a 56-acre terminal at the Port of Oakland as a mixed-use area where a new ballpark could be built. The team under controlling owner John Fisher also has explored a possible new ballpark in Las Vegas. A vote by the City of Oakland is expected later this year. Here is another story you need to know. The NFL season now less than 50 days away. We are midway through our list that we made with Bet Online, the top 50 most valuable players in the NFL. We had to check in with Locked On Saints host Ross Jackson because, of course, there's a Saint on the list coming up today. So we wanted to discuss that. We're getting into that quarterback section as we're uh, going higher onto the list. And Jameis Winston is coming in a little lower than you liked to see him. Um, what was your immediate reaction when you saw it, where he where he landed on our list? Yeah, look, I, I think at 22, it's not a bad spot for him. But the fact that he's behind Derrick Henry, who isn't even the best running back in the NFL in 2022, is preposterous to me. I, I don't see any reason at all that a quarterback, like leave alone positional value, there's no reason for Jameis Winston, the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, to be behind a running back in Derrick Henry. And I'm not necessarily mad about where he falls in terms of 22. I think that's okay in terms of how he moves the line and things like that. But behind Derrick Henry... Nah, I think I'll, I would roll another dice there if I was bet online. All right. You don't like Henry. Who's your number one then? Oh, that's easy. That's Nick Chubb out of the Cleveland okay. Browns. I mean, the best do it all back around in the NFL outside of maybe Alvin Kamara, but Alvin Kamara is going to miss potentially some time in 2022. So I easily jolt Nick Chubb right up to the top. And especially with a team like the Cleveland Browns who have so many question marks around the quarterback spot, how Nick Chubb doesn't move the line more than Derrick Henry, who you know is with a team in Tennessee that maybe lives and dies by their quarterback more than anything else if they're not running on the backs of Derrick Henry. I just don't see Henry being being that guy in 2022. And I think Nick Chubb is just consistently slept on all the time when it comes to the national outlook and it looks like Vegas as well. This is why we have the experts doing it because we think we know these things and we don't know how the lines move necessarily. So maybe there's some quirks they don't want to share with us necessarily. Um, in terms of the Saints, obviously they're in kind of this new age where they're just trying to figure things out right now. Like what are we going to see out of them this season? 
I think you're going to see a really interesting team and a team that's going to want to be aggressive. I mean, they open up their season against three straight divisional opponents, which is a pretty nice way to open up your calendar and make sure that you're in a situation to where you're putting together, you know, your identity right away in terms of who you are and who you want to be in 2022. So this is a team that needs to find its identity early, but I think that it'll find it in its aggression, its risk-taking and, uh, you know, actually airing the ball out a little bit more than maybe we saw in 2021. In terms of someone leaving town, Sean Payton, obviously uh, taking the year to kind of get everything together. He's chilling right now. Where do you think he might end up? I know you have some ideas. Oh, yeah. I think that the easiest and best spot for him to land after 2022, going into 2023, if he decides to come back to coaching, which I think he will, is going to be with the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, you've got everything that you want there. He'll have a little bit more control in terms of what the roster looks like, the way that the organization is working out, things like that. And you get to build around a superstar quarterback in Justin Herbert. And you have some uh, familiar faces there already. Former New Orleans Saints offensive line coach Brendan Nugent is already there as a part of the coaching staff. Former New Orleans Saints quarterback coach Joe Lombardi is the offensive coordinator there. There's even some former New Orleans Saints on the roster over there. So as long as Brandon Staley ends up making too many analytical and therefore bad decisions that end up losing the Chargers games, just like we saw last year, Sean Payton should be able to waltz right in and put together a winning season and a competitive team in the AFC West for 2023. Ross will bring you a daily look at the Saints as they begin a new era. You can catch Locked on Saints everywhere you get your podcasts, including Odyssey. Which NFL stars move the betting lines the most? Starting July 18th, we've been releasing the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. You can check out Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast and those videos and those lists on YouTube. Coming up, it looks as though Deshaun Watson will not be suspended for as long as we initially thought. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your sports gambling needs. Bet Online has some Thoughts about the Saints. They're not sure if New Orleans will be a winning team. Bet Online has the over-under on the Saints season wins at 8.5. The Saints have the second best odds to win the NFC South, but they're far behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bet Online has the Saints at plus 335 to win the division, while the Bucs are minus 290. And the Saints' odds of making the playoffs are longer than the Saints missing them. Bet Online has odds for New Orleans to be a playoff team at plus 130. Bet online is where the game starts. Cleveland Browns fans and NFL fans alike have been waiting on the NFL's decision on how long Deshaun Watson will be suspended. The ultimate Cleveland sports show has been all over this story from the beginning. Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and Jay Crawford explain why it's highly unlikely that Watson will be suspended for more than eight games. The reason this is important is because now the NFLPA can juxtapose what the league has not done to the Texans to what they're preparing to do to Deshaun Watson. And before I have you guys jump in on this, the last thing I'll say to that is, as of yesterday, neither the league nor the Texans would even respond to inquiries about whether or not they were doing an investigation into the Houston Texans. This is two-sided justice. Mm. And guys, I know that we've all pretty much been in the six to eight game range, but... After today's news, I feel much more confident that's going to be on the lower side of six games. It's not about how you feel. It's about the facts surrounding that. The collective bargaining agreement states certain things, right? And, and, and if you're going to have a binding legal contract and it states that owners are held to a higher standard, yet the Texans have already gave 30 people a settlement, right? The league won't even comment 
and talk about what did they know? Has there been an investigation? What were the findings of the investigation? What are their plans moving forward? They haven't even talked about it. And the way we look at it as far as what Charles Robinson said yesterday in terms of saying, listen, guys, they're going to plan on suing. We, we already knew that. But the suing is not specific to Deshaun Watson. The suing will happen because it will be a class action, a class action lawsuit which says you treat two groups of people differently. African-Americans are a protected group, right? Which opens you up for discrimination cases. If you look at the hiring practices, there's already one hiring practice discrimination out there with, with Flores. And he's squeaky clean, squeaky clean as they come. And that lawsuit, the, the courts decided can move forward. Can move forward. Right. There was always, there was a, they settled out of court with Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed for blackballing them for taking a knee. They also have, right now, dealing with uh, the CTE uh, investigations and payouts of people who have disabilities because of CTE. They use racial norming in order to not give certain African-American people an opportunity to have the access to those funds. To me, I, when we look at the comparisons between the players and owners, the, to me, the, the best examples are Daniel Snyder and Jerry Jones and not the Texans because ultimately the Texans are being were being sued because of something that Deshaun Watson allegedly did. So I don't know that I'm going to blame the Texans. If, if Deshaun Watson did what he was accused of, right. well, that's on him more than it is on the Texans because it's not like there's that, – that's how I see it. And, but and, the, and to back up your point and to tell you why you're right, here's what's going to happen. The director of security for the Texans will be fired. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. And the Texans will say he operated independently we of us. Know. We've already cleaned up the problem here. Right. Nothing to see. That's right. That's what they're going to. That's what they're going to say. Yes, but but there certainly is a good argument for unequal uh, unfair treatment when it comes to Daniel Snyder sure. and when it comes to Jerry Jones in a big time way. So that's number one. Number two, and the most important thing I think for us as Browns fans <laughs> and people who want to see Deshaun Watson play is, and the reason I have said eight games all along and continue to say, and now. First, I thought it was going to be eight games. Now I think it's going to be eight games at the most. But the league does not want to be done with this. You talked about they settled with the CTE. You talked about they settled with Colin Kaepernick and, and Eric Reed. This started as Deshaun Watson getting bad press. He's still getting some bad press. But now the league's getting a lot of bad press about how hypocrites they are, how the rich white guys get away with everything. Okay? And that's all true. They want this gone. If these reports are true and Watson is suspended anything less than a year, the NFL is really doing a disservice to themselves once again, just not doing what is ethically right here. Whether or not he's convicted of a crime, what Deshaun Watson did was disgusting. It was terrible. And he hasn't really apologized for it. He comes out and talks about it frequently and never seems to be coming out and apologizing, showing he's made any growth towards the incident or even acknowledging what he did wrong. So I don't understand how they can say when it comes to personal conduct, he's a good representation of the league, but really nothing with the NFL should surprise us much anymore. And finally, eight consecutive years of below 500 football and a two and 10 record in his first year has not drained Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee of his enthusiasm. Quote, we know in time Vanderbilt football will be the best program in the country. He said that, I swear. Media days are made for stuff like this. Vandy has never won 10 games in a season, has never participated in an SEC championship game. In July, though, 
Hope springs eternal for a football coach and his team and apparently his fans as well. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast. Make that your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, SEC Media Days continue with thoughts on expansion from the commissioner. And at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.